paragraph Lamed Hay, Omar Rabbein Azal said, Lamoshel, as, as, as an example, Giboy Rechod, Chogar Mosnov, Lichboy Shchoyim Chazoka. There was a very, very powerful person who, who, deci- who decided he wants to conquer a certain wall. He's going to break down a certain wall that was very, very hard to knock down. V'yachakach, Kishaboel Hashar, Hoyo Orug Al Hashar, Matve Mikure Achabish, Shesosmes Hashar. But then when he got to the entranceway of where he had to get to, to get to that wall, there was a, a spider web blocking the entrance. V'chiyesh shtus yoyser mizeh, could there be something more ridiculous, more absurd than this, sheyachzor mimilchamtoi machmas hastimu shlakure achabish, that the person should turn around and give up his project, decide that he can't knock down that wall because of the spider web that's there? And after Rabbi Nezal said this, he said, The most important weapon of a Yid, the most important tool of a Yid, is his mouth, his ability to speak. Through Dibur, a person can conquer everything and win all battles. And Rabbi Nezal said, even though it's possible to have his boidedus mentally, to be doing it in your mind, you know, express, you know, speaking Tashem, the most important thing, the main thing is speaking, saying the words with your mouth. And we could understand this moshal that Rabbi Nezal gave with the spider web regarding the fact that sometimes a person finds it hard to talk to Hashem, to express to Hashem what he's feeling in his heart. And all of this is because he feels ashamed, embarrassed, disappointed, or heaviness. He has busha of the sitrachra. She'en loy He's lacking in Azas Digdusha. Azas Digdusha means to have the chutzpah and the guts and the brazenness sometimes to do something even though even though there are different reasons why I wouldn't want, why I'm afraid to do it or I'm ashamed to do it, but tough luck. It's too important to me. This means too much to me for me to be shy when I, when I have to jump, when I have to make a move. Ubevadai hushtus godoil. And this is definitely an, a major foolishness. This person is looking to conquer a major, major war with his dibur. Which is the battle against the Yetzirah. And now when he's close, when he's right He's almost ready to open his mouth and to talk to Hashem, and to conquer, and to break down all the barriers, all the walls, and to open all the gates through his speaking, and because of a, a tiny obstacle, of a chalishus adas, that he's, he's not sure or he's feeling weak in his mind, you know, any kind, some kind of excuse, because of any minor kind of excuse, ukiyotze, something like that, yimna, he'll, abs- he'll hold back, he'll refrain, chas v'shon, yimna esatzmoi, miladaber, 
He'll refrain from opening his mouth and spilling it all out and pouring out his heart to Hashem the way he should be doing. This obstacle that he's experiencing, whether it's his shyness, whatever it is, and each person that's blocking him from letting it all out, from opening his mouth and really, really pouring out his heart to Hashem, it's like a spider web that's blocking a person who's looking to conquer the world. He's looking to knock down walls that are 80 feet thick, you know, which he, want, which he wants to and needs to break with his dibur. The Omar, Rabbein Azal said once, it's, it would be great if a person could have his spiritus for two hours a day, meaning, the first hour to just yearn, to, to, to turn on the, the passion and the heat, the feeling for Hashem, a feeling of desire and yearning for Hashem, and preparing his heart, to getting ready to, to open his mouth. And then afterwards to open his mouth and to speak for an hour. That's the ultimate, an hour of prayer. Now here again, we know the Gemara tells us, Chasidim Harishonim, the Chasidim Harishonim used to prepare for tefillah an hour, then they would daven for an hour, and then it would take them an hour to come back down, to get back down to earth. And the Gemara says they did this three times a day. So the Gemara says if they did that, when did their Torah, when did they learn? Nine hours a day for davening? When did they learn? The Gemara says because they davened like that, their time, their their Torah had a bracha to it that in less time they were able to accomplish much, much more than other people. This item, I have not heard that it's practiced exactly this way. I haven't heard mamish of people having two hours displayed this, and I haven't seen it even by my rebbe's. But what I did see is a concept of a yishuvadas, a concept of sometimes when it's possible, not just opening your mouth and starting to talk, but taking a few seconds or sometimes even a few minutes to think, to have a yishuvadas, and to clear the screen, to clear your brain a little, to, to detach yourself, unplug yourself from everything around you and everything that's going on in your life. And but before you open your mouth to Hashem, before you want to really, you want to make sure that the words are coming from where they should be coming, from the depths of your heart, and that you've gotten your brain and mouth and heart all locked in together. Paragraph Lamed Vov, Omar Rabbeinazal said, Al kol dovor tzrichen lispalel. A yid has to daven Tashem for everything. Hainu imbigdoi karua v'tzorech lebeged. If a garment tore and he needs a new garment, he needs a new jacket, needs a new pair of shoes, needs new... Yispalel Hashem yisborach sheitin loy begel to ask Hashem, please help me be able to replace this shirt, to be able to get a new shirt. V'chein kol And so to anything, when a person's car is mamish uh, on its last day, you know, it, it, it's time to change, to be mispalo for it. Dover godoil, v'dover koton. Whether it's a big thing, or even if it's a minor expense, or a small thing. Al hakoil yargel atzmoi lispalel tomed l'ashem yisborach, the person should get used to and be in the habit 
of davening to Hashem for anything that he's lacking. Even though, of course, the main thing is to daven for the most important thing in life. Meaning to daven to be matzliach in serving Hashem and coming close to Hashem. Obviously, that's the most important thing to daven for. However, despite that, even though that's so much more important, a person needs to daven for their gashmias also. And not just major gashmias, not just expenses of 25000 or a 1000 even expenses of $5 or $10. And Rabbein Hazal said, a person who doesn't do this, even though Hashem gives him the shirts and Hashem gives him food for the house and gives him all the, his basic needs, but his clothing and his food and his, his existence is like that of a behemoth. Hashem provides the food for behemoths also. Because since this person is not receiving and drawing what he needs from Hashem through tefillah, his existence, his life, his food, his clothing is like that of a behemoth. Because a yid has to, has to draw all of his chiyus, every aspect of his life, and all of his needs from Hashem through tefillah and tachnunim, pleading with Hashem. Rabbein Azal once said to Rabbein Azal about a very minor item that he needed. He was missing a button, Rabbein Azal, on his, on his jacket. And Rabbein Azal asked him, Did you ask Hashem to help you replace that button? And Rabbein Azal was in shock. He and also it wasn't critical to him. It wasn't emergency. It wasn't a button that without that button, you know, the, the whole garment went to... Are you too big? Is this beneath your dignity to daven Tashem for a button? Rabbein Azal wanted to teach him and teach us that tefillah is, is everything, no, no exceptions. To be mispalat Hashem for everything, even if something seems minor, you never know. You never know. There was a story that there was a businessman that once came back from a business trip, and he wasn't, he was a secular person who Rabbein Azal had contact with. There's a whole story when Rabbein Azal moved to Uman, the last six months of his life, he encountered these three aristocrats who were very close to the Tsar. They were very, very respected people in, in, the, in the government, in the cultural circles of Russia at that time. And uh, one of them had just come back from a business trip, 
and he showed Rabbenazal a beautiful ring or a piece of jewelry that he had brought, bought for his wife. So Rabbenazal said to him, he made a joke like that uh, now you have to be fortunate that, that she should appreciate it, she should like it. So he looked at Rabbenazal like, you know, what do you know? You, you don't know. If you would know the quality of this ring or this piece of jewelry and where I got it from, and you know, a couple hours later, he came back to Rabbeinazal and he said, wow, did you hit the nail on the head? He came, you know, he brought this to his wife and he thought she would mamish, hug him and praise him. And, and for some reason, whatever reason, she didn't like it. And she gave him, instead of giving him a, a, a mishabera, she gave him a mishapora. She gave it to him. So here we see this is just an example that there are so many things in our lives that people take for granted, different things. Rahman, a person leaves the house, they get, they get into the car, and, and of course the car is going to start, and of course the car is going to take me, and of course I'm going to get there, and I'm going to get there on top, and then I have all kinds of other plans. There's a tefillah saderach. When a person leaves the house in the morning, even if he's not going on a plane, or not to ask Hashem what person kisses the mezuzah and, and, and thinks for a minute, Hashem, help me bezecha, to leave the house b'shalom and to come back b'shalom, and, and not to meet anything along the way that I shouldn't meet. And every t- person to get to a madrega with it, the tefillah is a constant connection to Hashem. Like we mentioned earlier, a quotation from the Gemara, Valavai she espalalu kolayon kuloi. 